Right, right. All right, well, let me just give you some, a point of example. So the budget of Green Lantern was $200 million, mm-hmm. okay? And the marketing cost $100 million, which is pretty normal for a movie of that size. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it made total, by which I mean domestic plus international? Plus international. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's do a classic guess like on The Price is Right. Oh, whoever gets closest without going over? Exactly. Okay, so, so how much did it cost in total again? $200 million plus that extra 100 typical marketing cost, which is normal. And that's all the studio usually absorbs that. Okay. Two hundred and fifty million. All right, Sam. That's your guess? Uh-huh. Two fifty? Mm-hmm. Oh. Don't hate. Um, Don't hate. I'm, I'm going way under that. I'm gonna guess eighty five million. Ooh. Techn oh, this is a bad one because I'm afraid Sam wins because Benji went over. The box office was two hundred and twenty million. Oh. See, Which if it was really The Price is Right, I should have guessed $1, because I knew Benji went over. Wait, what no, that no, means I, is it didn't I, I even win, Wait, make... no, I win, I win then, right? No, because you went over. because no, you went over. Didn't you oh, guess what's The Price oh, is Right? Oh, fuck The Price is Right. I thought we were just saying, like, what's closest? <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit. Well, you were closest. I hate The Price is Right, and I hate that stupid wheel. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> All right, how much did you think this movie cost? One dollar. One dollar? You're an asshole. All right, so 220 million is, it sounds like a lot. And if it only cost like 50 million, that would have been a bit a success. But it didn't even make back its marketing budget. And that's a real problem. So. No, sir, to any one else, to the people involved working on that movie. And you better believe that the producers, uh, I don't know if they got fired, but... Mm. But my oh. problem with The Green Lantern, and um, it's a little unfair of me to say this, because I'm not really familiar with all the, the backstory and mythology, and I know that there were different Green Lanterns. There was Alan Scott, and then there was Hal Jordan, and uh-huh. uh, John Stewart, and... Kyle, what's his face? Rayner. Kyle Rayner, right? And so I know like a little bit about it, but I'm not exactly an expert. But it's always seemed to me that the Green Lantern story is not a very interesting story. And it's kind of weird. And it off, it's always seems to go off in like really crazy random directions. And it has to do with like yeah. aliens and interplanetary politics and stuff. And it's just the kind of thing that, that wouldn't make a good movie. Like, I don't know who thought this would ever be a good idea to make a movie about the Green Lantern unless you were going to make a movie about the Green Lantern that really had nothing to do with, like, the Green Lantern core and the aliens and stuff. And it was just, like, the Green Lantern fighting against villains on Earth that are, like, a little bit more conventional. As uh, or, 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 here's, here's the thing. Because, okay, so part of the thing that when, whenever I hear someone uh, bring up Green Lantern as one of the best ones, like, it sounds cool. It's, it's more of like those things that sounds cool, like it should be good. But yeah, I think you're right, Sam. A lot of times it doesn't work so well. But, well, the, thing is, yeah. but the thing is, hold on, hold on. But the thing is that Green Lantern also deals with some really out there space shit and like magical powers and things like that. And the thing is that it would probably need – like a movie would probably – or it could go the other direction of just getting someone who's, who can go to the kind of weird-ish space 
you know, with, with, with space stuff and go like really out there. Because if you go really out there, if you don't know what you're doing, it just becomes cartoonish and silly. Okay. So but, I'm going to give you the worst person. Or it could be a comedy. And the best person. Okay. Okay. The worst person is Tim Burton. And the with best what? person yes. is Darren Aronofsky. For comic book adaptations? <laughs> Darren Aronofsky is the best person uh, for everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. You, for you Green Lantern? He's like, he's, he's he like would, our solution. He would be so he, have you realized that, like, we always think of Darren Aronofsky um, as, like, a solution to, like, everything. Like, even more than Joss Whedon. Like, <laughs> I like, know, like, but that's like, just because like, it seems like... Dude, Darren Aronofsky. It's like... All um, right, well, Green Lantern... <laughs> Like Transformers, do yeah, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> oh, I would love to like, see that. No, see, no, 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 for, no, 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 no. Actually, listen. actually, you know what? I think Darren Aronofsky would not do a good job with Transformers. I, I <laughs> no, just no, don't, no, no, I don't check see it out, that working. Check it out, check it out. Check it out. It He's the perspective. <laughs> you see it from the perspective of not like Optimus Prime, but like one of the other ones, you know, and his perspective. And you just see it from like his view, at least most of the time. And he like, he keeps fucking up <laughs> or whatever, you know. But like, and like, I don't know. From the perspective he, 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 of, of Hot Rod. Yeah, right? something like that. Bumblebee or whatever. <laughs> or Bumble- know, Bumblebee. Bumblebee can't talk. You know, so... And he, like, and like he can't, like, escape, like, his his place in space. Like, he just keeps thinking about it, gets haunted by those dreams or whatever, those visions of it. All so, right. like, it fixed. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I see it... Well, so, I've never really read much of Greenland because, for the same reason, it didn't really appeal to me. But I kind of get the idea. He's a space cop. You know, so what he stays of... away from Earth because it's not really the point. You know, he he runs around the Earth area, but he's not really involved with Earth itself per se. Now there were times. You know, the thing is, the problem with like the DC things and the Marvel ones too is that there's just so many heroes that they kind of have to make a little they have to get a little silly with like, well, Superman, well, he's Metropolis. He, and he's technically also international, but Green Lantern takes care of the Los Angeles equivalent, and, you know, Batman's Gotham, even though Superman could really just, he really, really, if he wanted to, if Batman said, like, listen, I just, can you just take care of the damn Joker already? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean all, all the comic books have to do that. They kind of just Well, pretend. Marvel's worse. They How many to, they have to just pretend. are in New York? The Avengers are in New York. Right. The Fantastic the... Four is Daredevil, Spider-Man. Well, remember, remember all the, in New York. New York is a big place. I know, but that's a lot of people. I mean, well, so Daredevil uh, takes place. No, no, that's kind of the point. It's like New York, like New York has all these people. And also has all these different like superheroes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like, like Spider Man like, hey, takes care of know. Manhattan, and Daredevil is in like downtown Brooklyn. Oh, and, right. Okay. You know, yeah. and the Avengers take care of the big stuff. Right. Kind of the cool. Fantastic Four take care of you know giant they're, things they're that like, come up from oh, the ground. Midtown. <laughs> Wasn't Spawn <laughs> Harlem or whatever? Well, there's even more, and I haven't even gotten to some of them because there's like there's some other characters, but <laughs> it like, doesn't matter. So that, that's well, one part well, of Green Lantern. The other well, problem with well, Green Lantern is the imagination part. This whole idea that his ring can theoretically generate anything, and it's all about will. Like a lot of people have said, really, if we're talking about the sh- a shared DC universe. The best person that the ring should have gone to is either Superman or Batman. Yeah. And both of those would be pretty interesting movies. And they both, I think there have been like comics that have dealt with both of them getting the ring, like what if stuff, but 
I mean, come on, think about it. You know, this guy, whoever the Green Lantern guy that, is. But I did read a Marvel DC crossover in which uh, Captain America used Thor's hammer. I mean, not Captain America. Uh, Superman. 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 I read that one, too. Hammer. Yeah. And that's interesting, but but you understand what I'm saying. You know, this idea that, you know, I mean, come on. If we're talking about will here, if it's any, you know, you know Batman tra- is, like, trained in will. That's his thing. And obviously Superman is kind of big into that also, considering it's he's true. always controlling his power constantly. True. But, oh, that, yeah. you know, but whatever. We can get past that kind of shared universe nonsense because you kind of got to. But the thing, another problem with Green Lantern, the movie, is that there just wasn't enough interesting in terms of imagination. Either they went, like, the the simple stuff, giant fists and guns, or they just got weird. Like, there was one point... That's part of the thing about the Green Lantern. It's not just the movie. Like, in the comic books, the writer's imagination is not really all that impressive Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's all, like, like, giant hands and fists and, like, you know, goofy things like that. It's not, you know, like, that's that's actually, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it good adaptation, but it's accurate. Uh Like, 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 if you have... That's the thing is like if you really it's one of those interesting things is like that sort of power you think oh this is gonna be really cool but it's kind of like in in a, in a weird connection it's kind of connected to the way R. A. Salvatore writes R. A. Salvatore uh, throws around a lot of power but he doesn't really know how to do it and dealing with like immense power and things like that is really difficult to do so actually it kind of speaks to possibly the immaturity of the writers perhaps I don't really know the history behind the Green Lantern. Because when you're saying, oh, it's powerful, you do everything, it's like, it's like very childish. You know what I mean? Like, one of the things about Superman is even though all, all powerful, first of all, you just control it, and also there's the kryptonite thing, which totally makes him powerless, you know, and, and, and almost kills him. So, like, that's the thing, the check, you know, the, the checks on the on the, the heroes. Same thing with Batman. Like, he has, yeah. he has and the Green Lantern was always weird because, like, the, his weakness was, like, the color yellow, uh. which really is. Just doesn't make any like, that's sense. That's super at all. lame. Like that's super yeah. lame. Like we can just say it. That's like really lame. <laughs> it's pretty lame. You know? That's why they, they eventually got rid of it. They they realized it was just dumb, and they were like, okay. like that's like like yeah, it's stupid. Like like no no one wants to see that garbage. Like yeah. that's terrible. So <laughs> yellow. So so I mean that's the thing. I think also the symbol is like a good symbol. You know, the Green Lantern works for a lot of people. It's kind of hipsterish too. So but the thing is that is that the no, symbol is that, is iconic. Yeah, yeah. That's like the best yeah. thing about him is the symbol. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, so, let's move on to Superman Returns. So let's just try to do the same thing. I'll tell you how much it cost, and you tell me how much you think it made. So the total estimate is that it was probably about $260 million. To, and made an up to $100 million in marketing. Again, probably not that total, but something like that. So we're talking about about $260 million is about how much it cost. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you it made more more than that, but how much did it make? Okay. So um, the total was what? Say it one more time. It cost about $263 million. Okay. Including marketing? No, marketing, remember, marketing budgets are a little iffy because the studio always sort of factor, doesn't, doesn't really factor that in mm-hmm. because it always pays for it in itself. And it could be up to $100 million, but it might not have been that much. It's really hard to say. So $200 million is how much you said? 260 260 Okay. 
Okay, and, are we doing prices right? Worldwide gross, right? Yes, in total international. All right, so are we doing prices right? <clears throat> bullshit? Are we doing like like? Are we guessing closest number like real man? Fine, <laughs> like baby, pick a real number. All right, two seventy eight, bitch. Well, I you, will you are go really, with. You really think it gave, I had like no profit? It like you said, eighteen million in profits. <laughs> I will. I will go a little higher than that. I'm gonna go about three fifty. Sam gets it. Total Damn it. box you, office was three ninety one. Plus, they made about eighty one million on DVD sales. So that means it's a, it's a, you know four hundred some. See, you would think a movie if a movie makes three hundred ninety one million dollars, that should be a success. Except, in fact, you say that, and Brian Singer complained about that because he's yeah. saying. It made like $400 million. Right. And they said it underperformed because Warner Brothers president, Alan F. Horn, explained that it was very successful, but it should have made $500 million worldwide. We should have had a little bit, perhaps, more action to satisfy the young male crowd. Wait, wait, what? Which, which one? Which Brian Singer movie? Superman Returns. And Superman right. Returns wasn't even that good. Right. No, well, that's sort of the thing is that's sort of the point. People saw it. It just it wasn't, wasn't awful. But it, it yeah, it was just it was just that it was lost. It was lost as a movie. I thought like, it was dull. Like, it, no, yeah, there was no reason was to dull. go like, like, see it again. Bri- you like a lot of people Bri- went to see Bri- it because it was a Superman. It was the first right. Superman movie in a long time. People were interested. And Brian Singer and Brian Singer a, has a pretty good reputation. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's he's a competent director, but you know, and he, he definitely has some maturity to him. But just whatever it was, it was just thin. I mean, also, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to make Superman really good. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I've never been such a fan of Superman. I think it's it like, is hard. I think, it I think it is hard. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's, it's not really like, like, what do you, but what do you hard. do. I, the only thing I can think of that I liked, and it's been years since I've seen it, was a Superman, The Adventures of, of Lois and Clark. <laughs> 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 and I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't good, but I watched but it all the time. There were some, okay. Well, he, the, the, well the, was the, it good? Show, I mean, or, okay, let, let me qualify this a little bit. Like it was very soap opery, a little very campy. It started yeah. kind of like a fun, you know, sort of the, oh, will they, won't they, will she discover? They had, like, flirtations. You know, Lois pretended that she wasn't attracted to him. She obviously was. He was definitely attracted to her. But, you know, it was like one of the, you know, she was totally into Superman. And there were, it was actually interesting. Like, I remember there was this one part where there was this sort of love potion that ever was going out everywhere. And, of course, Superman, because he's Superman isn't really susceptible to most human things. Like, he needs... Like, he's susceptible, like, to some weird Krypton ailments that wouldn't affect a human, but basically he can't be infected. So all these people were, like, having, like, lust-love things, and it basically worked on subconscious feelings that somebody had. Like, if they already were attracted to someone, they would, you know, try to act on it, basically. So it couldn't make somebody fall in love or anything like that that wasn't already into them, but it basically amplified to a, to an extreme level. Yeah. So Lois started hitting on Clark, who she pretended not to be attracted to. Eventually, it wore off, and he since he since of course he's really Superman, he didn't do anything. So he got to pretend that he didn't actually he wasn't attracted to her, and he, you know she's like, well, you're obviously attracted to me. Well, I guess not though. <laughs> and then there was a great thing at I the guess end. I'm not Lois. <laughs> well, because, you know, she's like, ah, this doesn't make any sense. 
and then of course the ending I liked because basically there was this guy who was planning to exp- basically explode a love bomb over the city and just screw with everybody. <laughs> like it, well, let's, let's be fair. That's a pretty awesome supervillain plot, actually. I really well, like that. It's I just want everybody to be in love. <laughs> that's and not quite what he wanted. It's actually. It actually reminds me of an old uh, Swamp Thing plot where oh, Swamp Thing like takes that. over Manhattan and turns it into this like jungle paradise. So this guy, he, he it was written by Alan Moore. Right. Alan Moore was well, like, yeah. you know, he, I mean, so yeah. at the end of the episode, he weaponized the, you know, this spray or whatever to make it permanent. And so it was going up and it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And Superman's thinking, man, I can't really just. I don't know how I can stop it because it's going to be gas. And then he's like, I got it. So he goes up and basically breathes it all in and then <laughs> and then like spits it out into space or something. Yeah. And then he goes well, on and, like, and then Lois says, oh, no. He's like, wait, but you, you you took the permanent love potion. And then he gets like, he like looks to the, he looks to the, to the side like, and has like a look of, hmm. <laughs> and, well, actually, like, no, and so I, then he says, Lois Lane, I love you. Like, oh, well, I remember oh, I Superman. Remember no, some... I can't. Oh, you're Jeremy. under the, you're under the, you're under the influence of this potion. I mean, you know, that's what's going on here. Oh, he's like, oh, what the hell? And she didn't mix out with him. <laughs> <laughs> and Lex Luthor is standing there. And he's like, oh, come on now, come on. Well, well <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the... that was fun. The thing is, the show <laughs> crashed. Late, you know, later on. But I really did enjoy a lot of the stuff. That well, we no, no, it, it was an interesting show because I was just thinking about it. I was like, well, first of all, they had some interesting, somewhat Twilight Zoney stuff going on. Like, I remember when like <clears throat> Lois goes to an alternate universe, um, where like some of the people knew her, most people didn't, but like her boss kind of knew her in a different way, and and like it was a world where she wasn't in or whatever. But like, but she fell in love with Superman again, and she gave Superman like his name, and it was like something like that. But you know what's interesting about it? I was thinking, like, perhaps one of the reasons you could say it worked a little better, and I haven't watched it since I was, like, six or seven or whatever, so I can't, I'm not such a good judge of it, but you were talking about it being soap opera, and normally that would make it not good, but in, in, a, in a weird way, it's good for Superman, because it's a good counterbalance for Superman, since he's, like, all-powerful, so not just the kryptonite thing, that it's like he has to deal with his personal life. I mean, any superhero has to deal with the whole thing of, of them... Um, of like concealing their identity, but with him it was wrapped in with all these other feelings, which has also happened in other comics. But I think I think making a soap opera was making it like oh he couldn't deal with this big emotional side, so he has he had to deal with that, so he, you know he could solve the world's problems, but he couldn't <laughs> solve things in his love life, which is a typical trope. But I think for Superman it, it can possibly work. So I don't know. And then of course so, I mean uh, it, it course, works yeah. for Superman because Superman right, is exactly. so invulnerable. That's what I'm saying physically. Like that, like even these like supervillain plots are like not a challenge to him. So yeah. the show made it interesting by creating other challenges for him that didn't come from supervillains, but they came from you know his personal life. Right, right, right. And and that you know it, that works. Right, right. You know it was a great disguise. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wonderful yeah. disguise. Yeah. All right, so I guess I guess the conclusion we come to is that the best adaptation ever was the <laughs> Superman: The Adventures of Lois and Clark. <laughs> that's our. Oh, is that is that is that our conclusion? That's, that's my takeaway. The best, right, the best so... movie adaptation is The Adventures of Lois and Clark on ABC. All right, <laughs> so let's a... let's wrap it up. Okay, let's let's, let's all... list what we think were the best and and some of the worst, I guess. All right, so th- looking at the, I sent out a link which I'll include in the description. 
which is a list from Wikipedia of all the films based on English language comics. So just take a, mo- a minute, you know, quickly okay. skim through it, find the worst, find the best. And really, mm. Lois and Clark doesn't technically count because it's a TV show. Because it's a TV show, not a movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I already know what my answers are. I don't need to look through the whole list. Oh. Okay. Wow, there there are a ton, Jeremy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be an R.I.P.D. movie. So, so Jeremy, we're picking out the best. Jeremy, picking out the best. The, um, the worst. Yeah, just you know, pick out. Just you know, oh, can I pick out just ones I really like? One of your favorites, one of your least favorites. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm losing nerd cred left and right here. Um, what happened? I saw R.I.P.D. and I thought it was like B.R.P.D. I don't know. You know what B.R.P.D. That's, that's the Bureau of Paranormal Research Division or whatever the thing is from Hellboy. Oh, well, Hellboy would count if you wanted to think of that. Right. Like, but this me. is something <laughs> entirely <laughs> different. This is R.I.P.D. It's the Rest in Peace Department. Um, has nothing to do with Hellboy. Can, can we can we explain or like can we just say like a few that we really liked because I, I I one yeah I, go one ahead liked, ones I really liked that I that I thought were kind of underrated or maybe don't like as much and then I have ones that I really didn't like so okay so I'd say me being Benji I think the number one ones I I didn't like is um and it's interesting they were they were like you know the third of of series X three you know the the X X Men's Last Stand we all saw that together and Good I was choice. so offended. Good choice. I, the, the third, the third X Men one. Like I was so yeah. offended how bad it was, and it was offensive how bad it was. It, it wasn't just. It wasn't just. That I thought it was stupid. Oh, the juggernaut! Like, like because the Matrix, the second two, I didn't feel like it was a betrayal. I wasn't offended by it. I was really annoyed by a lot of the things, and I wasn't offended. X Men. It was like they turned it. They, I was. Like, I, I was offended by the third Matrix movie. Oh well, I mean, the not the second is, one, but the third one. If you cut out the entire Zion battle, it's a pretty decent movie. Mm, I disagree. Okay. Well, okay. Well, okay but that's not exactly. Let's deal with that at a different time. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so, so I think I think so that and um, um, and then I got I guess you know Spider Man three was just awful. You have to you have to note that about how terrible of a movie it was. Um, and um, oh, and three hundred. I fucking hate that movie. So those three, three hundred, and Aren't you uh, rich. Does that really count? Richie Rich, oh, that was Sorry. awesome. Richie Rich was great. <laughs> Richie Rich was awesome. I, just, I was just looking at this list and I'm like, Richie Rich. Oh, what a stupid movie, a movie that was. But it's fun. But it's a fun movie. It's terrible, but it's fun. But was it was it a comic book, though? It was sort of. It was like a kid's comic. There was a cartoon. I know there was a cartoon. It's but... based on a kid's comic. Yeah? I, I, I guess you can count that as a comic. All right, I, I, three, I have three more ones. So there's, um, first I'll just say. Richie uh, Rich. So not Richard, even though I love Richard Rich, but there's V for Vendetta. There's um, what's it called? Um, I liked the Hulk with uh, the Ang Lee one. I actually liked that one. Yes, and one of the few. And a few people in the world. We're, we're actually, like the only ones who like that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I really. That's true. Uh, I I really I really and I want to explain each of them for like a second. I really actually liked it. I understand the parts people like, and I don't fault anyone for not liking it, but I'll get to that in a second. And then Scott Pilgrim, even though I only saw, like, like five-sixths of the movie or whatever, like, it was still, that was a really good adaptation. Like, that was an example of them, like, like actually taking, like, like the spirit of it and the, and the, and the visuals of it, the aesthetic of it, and translating it successfully. So I guess I'm starting from backwards. So I thought Scott Pilgrim, 
like visually, aesthetically, in terms of how it felt, even though I also haven't finished either of them totally, I can tell they just stayed, stayed true. It was really good, and part of it was that it was allowed to be silly, so that was that was that helped things. I thought it was really good. Um, Hulk, I, I I just I really liked Ang Ang Lee's way of of um of of interpreting it. Um, I thought the action scenes were really cool. I understand people's grievances, and I, and I yes, it probably wasn't the best choice of movie, but I think on its own, it stands alone as a really good movie. And I thought it also did the whole thing in a certain sense that Heath Ledger did with Joker in the sense that you would say, oh, this is what, what the Hulk could be like. Like, like he sort of explored, like, like, like the mentally disturbed part, I think, uh, you know, in a really good way. Like, and, and I thought it was good. Like, what would it be like to be this hulking thing and then also be like, a, you know, have like a sweet spot but also be like really tortured and huge and have all these urges. Like, I, think, I think it was kind of powerful and um, kind of King Kong-like. And uh, also I love Jennifer Connelly and I like Eric Bana. And then V for Vendetta, um, though I don't think it was the best faithful adaptation, and the the, the graphic novels way is 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 way more powerful. And there are really some very dumb parts of the movie that I, really bother me. I think they do a few scenes really well, and one of them is the torture scene, which which that's kind of the the most important scene of the of the graphic novel. So I think the fact that they did that, they still got some of the spirit of it across because they got one of the main ideas across. They missed a bunch mm-hmm. of other main ideas. In it and Alan Moore is obviously better, but I still really like Fever Vendetta. So okay, Scott Pilgrim, Hulk, Hulk and Angley's Hulk and Fever Vendetta. All right, okay. Uh, um, I'll go next. I oh, um, all right. I agree with your choices. Actually, uh, maybe maybe not so much with Fever Vendetta. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was that great, but I think you you made some solid choices there. Um, in yeah. terms of your favorites, should I should I give my favorites? Well, they're first, not absolute favorites. Should I give my all least favorites? I'm just I'm just I'm just I just want to point out ones that I really like. And that okay. are out there that people don't necessarily. Okay. Yeah, give like. your least first, and then your. Okay, so my least favorite on this list that I have actually seen the entire movie from beginning to end. Yes, that's right. Um, so no Halle Berry's Catwoman. For I can't example. choose Catwoman or like Supergirl. Or... Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so of movies that I've actually seen the entire thing, I think it's a tie between. Judge Dredd and Daredevil. In terms of worse. The new Dredd or the old Dredd? The old one. Okay, because the new one was actually pretty good. Okay, well, I didn't see the new one. I would recommend it. The old one I have seen, and it's pretty, pretty bad. With Sylvester Um, Stallone? Actually, Daredevil's probably worse. I think I'm going to go with Daredevil as the absolute worst. Not Elektra? Um, I haven't seen Elektra. Yeah, no. Uh, Not too many people have. Daredevil was pretty bad, yeah. But but Daredevil was was pretty awful. Um, okay, so those are those are the worst. Um, in terms of the best, you know, not going for like the obvious ones, like like you know, um, the Dark Knight or whatever. Um, oh, all right. My I guess I would give an honorable mention to Hellboy Two, because even though it's not a great movie, it's certainly not a perfect movie, but there are things that I really, really like about it. And, um, you know, it was directed by Guillermo del Toro, who is just awesome. Um, and and it's, it's a pretty cool movie. So that one gets an honorable mention. Um, and, then, and then of my favorites, I would have to say the second X-Men movie, X2. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, one's, that one I really that's like. Yeah. Um, Sin City, of course. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's too obvious, but... Uh, but I do like Sin City a lot, um, and I, f- I feel like it's a movie that people have somewhat forgotten. Um, 
you know, yeah. like when it came out, it was a big deal. And then like nobody really ever talked about it again. But it's it's a good movie. And then uh, I guess that's it. If, I, if you want to go for like like semi obscure movies. Um, oh, no, actually, I have another one. Blade 2. I don't know why I'm, I've got so many like um, second movies on my list, um, but Blade 2, Hellboy 2, X-Men 2, um, the second Christopher Nolan Batman movie, for some reason, for some reason, second movies seem to be, I, I also really like uh, Terminator 2, but that was not based yeah, on the comic yeah. book. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so yeah, that, that would be my third one, Blade 2, um, an excellent movie. Um, who would, I forget who directed that. I want to say that was also, um, was that also Guillermo del Toro? Which one? Blade 2. Oh. Hmm. I don't It was, remember. yeah, it was Guillermo del Toro. But I think that's right. That's crazy. Yeah. So then it was, might actually have been a good movie. Well, I'm telling you it was, <laughs> right. if you haven't seen it. That's you should, you should definitely yeah. check out the second Blade movie. Um, all right. Well, are you done? Yeah. So, so uh, those are my choices. Um, now, all right, Jeremy, well, go ahead. I'm not. I'm not going to count Dark Knight because I like that a little too much to include it. And I'm not going to include Iron Man either, but because I like it. But there are other ones I like more. Well, I just didn't mention Iron Man because I thought it was obvious. Right, but let me said. talk about my least favorite first. And I don't count Batman and Robin because I just have too much fun watching it. Right. Right. That makes Daredevil sense. was was not great, but there were worse ones. And I'm going to give you two of them. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, both of which I watched. Both of which were awful. Worse than Daredevil? Terrible. Yeah, they were boring as hell. Because Daredevil was also pretty boring. Oh, it was just just bad. Yeah, that was the problem. Unfortunately, I can't say Howard the Duck because I could not finish watching that piece of crap. Ugh. What a horrible movie that was. Now, there's an interesting one. There's this movie called Monkey Bone. Monkey Bone. Yeah, Brendan Fraser was in that. Yeah, that was also awful. I uh, I despise that movie. Ugh. And I actually have seen the whole thing, so I can tell you it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Now, I'm going to pick some different ones for my favorites. One of them is American Splendor, mm. which is actually something pretty great. Oh, that's Paul a good Giamatti choice. Paul was in it, and I... I wasn't sure what to expect when I saw this one, but I really liked it. The way they kind of intercut between the real-life guy and his character. It was very well done. So that I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, I've and, seen that, and that's a really good movie. I, I applaud you for uh, picking that out off of the list. It just reminded me that a really, another really good movie that was, was up there for me was uh, um, History of Violence. That was a comic book adaptation. True, i just never seen it. It was very good. It was very good. I'm going to pick another few odd choices. One of them is called The Mask, which is also, oh, not, which is, an, I think, a, a yeah. quite, I enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah. You know, that was Jim Carrey, I think, at his best. It's a classic. Yeah. Comedically, at his best. Yeah, I, you could, you could argue Ace Ventura like, comes against it or whatever in a different you know, it, way. It doesn't I, hold I, up I always, at all as well. Uh, the, you know, Ace Ventura is filled with sort of stupid humor a lot, very juvenile stuff. The mask is Phil is like so. It has <laughs> like, a lot of. Go get those. Kids. Although I will say, <laughs> I know, but it's it's. Fun. I will say in Ace Ventura's de- defense, if you go back and watch Ace Ventura, or at least this is my experience when I went when I went back and watched it again, I was amazed at just how how ridiculous and 
talented Jim Carrey is in terms of just the way he's able to like manipulate his face and oh. just do like weird things and like no like doubt there's there are no <laughs> actors now you know there's no no comic actors that that compare it to the kind of things that Jim That's Carrey true. could do. He was like do. a sensation. Like he yeah, was he really is a talent. And yeah, I think yeah, I think you sort of forget that with with you know when you get a little time and you and you you know you're not it's not as fresh in your mind like you you forget that like he really did some crazy crazy stuff that other people just would not have been able to do like nobody else could have done that stuff so I there I have a certain yeah. fondness for the Ace Ventura films in my heart um, okay. because of that oh no I I I love them I I uh, they're so great I like, like I like parts of them <laughs> when he's talking out of his ask please that's great so i'm gonna <laughs> take so there's a few others men in black i kind of count at least the first one yeah. the second one was terrible right the third one was all right but the first one is still pretty good first one is pretty good yeah. yeah and i like it uh now here's one a lot of people will disagree with me on mystery man mystery men i really like so many people hate that movie and i really like that movie you remember that movie, Mystery I, Men? I, yes, I remember seeing it, and I remember liking it, you know, and I didn't love it, but I remember liking it. My, one of my favorite... I remember my, that. I remember well, it not having a very good ending, which kind of you know, uh, ruined suppose, it for me. that's true. <laughs> I also remember that the bad guy in it, his name was Casanova Frankenstein. Which is just like the most ridiculously awesome villain name ever. Yeah, played by Jeffrey Rush. But yeah. it had one of my favorite conversations in any kind of these of these movies, where they're sitting around talking, and sort of they're talking about Captain Amazing, who's this you know famous superhero who gets all these endorsements because right. that's kind of how they do it. That's how the characters make money because they get endorsements. And so it's like you know, man. If I had someone like, you know, billionaire lawyer Lance Hunt helping me out, maybe, you know, <laughs> I'd be willing. And then Ben Stiller character's like, listen, I'm, I keep telling, well, that's because he is Lance Hunt. And they go, and the other two say, oh, not this again. Listen, he, I'm telling you, he, Captain Amazing is Lance Hunt. Listen, Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. Lance Hunt does. It's like, well, he takes off his glasses when he transforms. Oh, then how would he see? <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's like the stupidest logic ever right and, and it's, I just, that's why i love that scene it's, uh, it's I, not I also really like is, this old school movie called the rocketeer by joe Donaldson, right. and mm. i still get a kick out of that one it's it's a like a kind of classic old school type of movie you know and i enjoyed that one a lot so i think that's that's probably my list you know i probably have some that i like the same as some of you, maybe a little less. Like I like B for Data a lot. I like X two alright, but probably not as much. You know, I liked X Men First Class a little bit more, actually, than X two, even though I wouldn't put it in my favorites list. So I guess what we're saying I, I think I think we gotta end this soon because Craig's trying to tap my belly. Alright. <laughs> well That's a clear me. sign that we've been going on too long. Okay, so I think what we're trying to say is that it is possible for a comic book to be turned into a good adaptation. It's just rare. Yeah, it needs to focus. It's like, it seems like the ones that work are the ones that focus on, first of all, um, some of the ideas behind it, some of the possibilities for it, 
and ones that are just plain fun in like a good way. What do you think? What do you think of that? That's my conclusion. That's my thesis. <laughs> All right. That works for me. What do you think, Sam? I'm good. All right. <laughs> Sweet. All right, everyone. Sorry. Was, that, was I supposed to say more than that? What? No, I, no, I you're know. good. No, no, you're good. All right. Scott Pilgrim. Very underrated movie. Everyone who didn't see it should go see it. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Nerd you later. Nerd you later.